Hello, welcome back to the Life and Learners podcast. Hope you're doing well today. <clears throat> I wanted to cover a very interesting article that was published by Rescapement um, recently. And the article is titled, The Digital Death of Watch Collecting. This was published at the end of June 2022. And it's a really interesting editorial about how the digital world has really changed the way in which collecting takes place. I think there's a certain way that you can you can describe collecting and, and sort of the active or passive pursuit of exactly that. And I think, and the article basically discusses how um, the digital age of Instagram um, and the wide world of Instagram watch collecting uh, is changing exactly that. Um, I'll also discuss the, um, I, I wanted to, I recently watched a video from Vacheron Constantin about their um, their collaboration uh, with the Musée de Louvre, uh, where they released four incredible um, métiers d'art uh, timepieces, which... Um, I, I, I saw the release and I saw the event that took place, but after watching the video, and I'll put a link in the show notes to the video, after watching the video that I'm, I'm going to describe, it, it really changed sort of my perspective on, on the four pieces that were released. As, as it always do, the more research you do, the, the more uh, you respect and admire what, what, um, what a brand produces. But anyway, back to um, the rescatement um, article that I was talking about. So essentially what this article uh, discusses is how the nature of collecting um, is changing um, and how Instagram is actually um, changing the way in which uh, a collector or an enthusiast consumes watches. Now, I don't mean to to make it sound like I had this idea first, but I think uh, back in 2019, uh, May 2019, I published an article and video uh, titled um, Watches on Instagram, Great Content or Dying Platform. Um, and in my, art- in my article in the video, I basically just discuss how, you know, we were able to explore watches on platforms like YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, and on blogs. But, um, and, and I think it, the platforms have allowed for um, the cultivation of watch communities. And I think a great example of that is the limited edition uh, Speedy Tuesday Speedmaster that um, Omega uh, that Omega released. Um, and so I think what happens is when you have these real icons and people who are real enthusiasts about these things, about specific types of watches, you can get a, a huge sense of community on these platforms. But one of the things that isn't great is if you're trying to learn about watches or explore watches, um, the content that is posted on platforms like Instagram can be extremely repetitive and somewhat mundane. I think every fifth watch you see a Rolex Submariner or an Audemars Piguet Royal Oak. Um, and so I sort of discuss, my, give, give my thoughts on that. And I think, um, I think Rescapement's article also discusses that. So um, one of the things that they describe is, uh, well, they quoted uh, friend, Fred Mandelbaum, who was on their um, Significant Watches um, podcast, and he, he described or defined a watch collector as um, the following. 
So he said, being a collector is not just about owning watches. You start being a real collector when you start to understand how little you know and how much you have to learn. It's scholarship, it's research, it's very often friendship and understanding who to trust. A true collector needs to have an urge to pass it on, to pass on that scholarship and knowledge. The most important thing is that people can say they trust in your word, and to me, that is the definition of a true collector. So what is being described here is the idea that when you're collecting, it's about attaining a ton of information, a ton of knowledge, doing research on things that you're interested in, and um, and really almost just like self-discovery of, of what you're interested in in the watch world. Riskatement discusses things like um, the idea that, you know, you can plug a lot of, if you have questions about certain things in the watch world, you can oftentimes put them into Google and you'll find what you're looking for. Um, but um, it actually is sometimes quite difficult to, uh, to explore things beyond what you're really looking at. Um, going, finding books that have uh, documented uh, research about uh, watches or reading magazines or auction catalogs is where you can gain a lot of your information because you're stumbling upon a lot of the information that you're, you're, you're reading about or consuming. And um, Instagram makes it quite difficult to do so because, again, well, first off, there is the algorithm that is pushing certain pieces to you, so it's quite difficult to to find that, that new content or stumble across things because it really is dictated heavily by the algorithm. So if you're a new collector who's starting out, the algorithm actually is doing most of the collecting for you or the research and, and self-discovery for you. And so it's kind of curating what you should know. And that's based heavily on things like Rolex Submariners, Automa Pigue Royal Oaks, Patek Philippe Nautiluses, Omega Speedmasters. And those little, those little pieces of knowledge that might take you down a completely different rabbit hole when it comes to collecting might not, might, might not be there. And um, the nature of collecting is changing, but if you can, if you can think about it as a way to do research instead of, um, you know, researching through books and auction catalogs, I think is what, where you want to really land. There'll be a link in the show notes to this article. I, I definitely encourage you to, to take a look at it. Um, I'll leave you with the last sort of paragraph, um, which I think is a nice way to end this. Um, Collecting at its core is an active pursuit. Unfortunately, Instagram seems to want us to sit back and watch the wrists roll but there's so much more to be discovered if we dig deeper. I really think that sums up this pre pretty well. I encourage you to take a look at um, look at uh, look at the article. I'll add just sort of a personal note here. Um, I recently decided to purchase a couple of watch books. I think um, books and literature about watches are a great way to educate yourself um, and uh, see a different side of collecting. So the, the watch that I, the, the book that I purchased recently was George Daniel's Watchmaking, which is a book about really, if you want to know about watchmaking, um, it's a really great introduction into the basics and um, all of the components that go into watches, not just the actual pieces of the watch, but also of the equipment and, and those types of things. 
I encourage you to take a look at that book, but I think literature is a nice way to discover things about this hobby that maybe you don't, you don't know about. So, um, moving on to the next thing that I wanted to discuss, which was the, um, which was Vacheron Constantin's event in collaboration with Musée de Louvre, where they released the Métier d'Art Tributes to Great Civilizations. There are, um, there are, uh, four watches that were released in this, um, in this Great Civilizations, um, release. So I'm going to go into them right now. I'm just pulling up the article that I'm going to be referencing. I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well so that you can see it. It's, uh, from the Vacheron Constantin website. So, um... So uh, Vacheron Cosetin revealed a series of four métiers d'art timepieces that pay tribute to ancient civilizations uh, in partnership with uh, the Louvre, the Louvre uh, Museum. The four um, civilizations that they um, based their pieces on were the Persian Empire of Darius the Great, the Golden Age of Ancient Egypt, the Hellenistic period of Ancient Greece, and the rise of the power rise to power of Augustus, the first Roman emperor, which are the anchor points of this watch series. Um, one, of the thing, one of the things that I, I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast was the idea that I really realized the significance of these pieces when I watched this video about the construction of these watches. There was a lot of great detail that went into, into, uh, um, into creating... Um, each of these pieces. So there's um, the first. I think <laughs> to to describe it a, a little bit more. This this the watches essentially have a um, a. Uh, so there were four watches basically created, and I'm going to describe each of them and sort of the complexity of the, each of the pieces. So I think I should just stipulate that. Um, these watches are 42 millimeter uh, cased pieces and are powered by the 2460 uh, ca self-winding caliber by Vacheron Constantin. And essentially the movement has um, kind of an atypical display where they have four windows sort of on the outsides of the, of the watches um, where they have a display for the hours, the minutes, the day, and the date in each of these sort of windows on the outside of, this, of these pieces. So as I mentioned, there were four civilizations that were um, were marked uh, were were part of this sort of um, collection. The first um, is uh, encompassed by the Grand Sphinx de Tanis, and this is based on an enamel. This watch has an enamel dial that has the um, head of the Sphinx in um, gold. Then it has um, a dial. They have dial elements that are inspired by the necklace depicted on the cartonnage coffin of uh, of. I'm gonna butcher this, but of uh, Nakt Kuso Iru with petals re with petal reproductions in um, in uh, in enamel as well. Under the necklace is a winged hawk with rams with a ram's head and appears with its plumage against in 
again in uh, in enamel and so this is obviously uh, a tribute to the great civilizations of ancient Egypt um, then there is the lion de Darius which is um, a frieze of a lion that um, Vacheron Constant created and they opted to have uh, stone market 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 the I apologize marquetry um, with uh, turquoise and yellow um, so, sort of a turquoise and yellow wall behind the lion um, and uh, w w for me I think the blue uh, to uh, excuse me the turquoise wall on the back of this um, lion is absolutely um, incredible uh, this is obviously in um, this is for the Persian Empire. Then there is the uh, the bust Augusta, which is a bust of um, Augustus, which is obviously in enameled with a blue in blue and green. While um, it has a stone micro mosaic uh, on the back of it. Um, and then the last one is. Um, Victoire de Samotracé, which is um, a um, real masterpiece of that uh, has sort of like a brown uh, dial and has a um, winged female in enamel, and there are also um, there are also uh, uh, two Greek vases. Uh, vases that you can see on the on the dial of this piece as well. So four pieces, um, four different time times of uh, great civilizations. You have a um, a winged female figure. You have Augustus. You have the lion de Darius, and you have the Sphinx. Each of these pieces are incredible. I I, I watched the video that I'm referring to. They basically go into details about how when this was created, um, the artisans that, the, that went to create these had to hand, uh, hand produce the uh, enamel figures that are set on, this, on the dials of these watches. There was a lot of watchmaking that went into, um, or sorry, redesigning to allow for the apertures of this movement to be on the outsides and not obstruct the incredible enamel work that uh, was that went into in this series of four watches. Um, they then used s such incredible um, uh, stone and different types of products to, that were in line with exactly what was used or representative of that great civilization at that time. They even have um, language that is of each great civilization on the dial of the piece is almost like a backdrop which again is a um, tribute to the significance of that exact um, civilization. Um, I'll leave a link in the show notes so you can watch the video because I'm not doing it justice by just talking about it. It's a really great, um, great video. Um, it's in French, but you, they have English subtitles so you can uh, check, check that out. Um, it really is... Uh, an incredible tribute. One of the things I really like about this, and all, these are my closing thoughts here, is um, 
I think Vacheron Constantin watch watch brands um, obviously are producing for themselves, but when they um, when they do collaborations with museums or different times of the um, different times of uh, of history, I think it makes a makes it a significant um, part of or at least it stamps them in sort of the, the history of the, the the world in a way. I know that watchmaking is nice because it's um, somewhat everlasting and you can really in, enjoy it that way. I think it also allows for Vacheron Constantin to bring to light the um, types of um, the types of art and uh, sculpturing and significant works of art that um, museums like the Louvre uh, have. I'm not going to say that every watch collector is not into art, but I think there's probably a good portion of, of watch collectors who aren't as um, well versed in art. Uh, and I think it allows for more exploration, kind of to, to the first topic that we discussed. If you, you know, uh, see these watches, maybe don't know a ton about, um, you don't know a ton about, um, about uh, a certain civilization, you might go and do some research on it or buy a book and research it. And again, it's just another, another way that you can continue to explore this wild world that we, we live in today. I know that's a strange thing to end on, but um, it's, it's still, a, still a good thought. <laughs> I'll put a link in the show notes to the Rescapement article. I'll put a link in the show notes to the article that I published in 2019 on a similar topic. And then I'll put a link in the show notes to the Vacheron Constantin press release and a video that I am dis I discussed in this podcast. If you are new to Life on the Wrist, be sure to follow us. Follow the podcast if you want to be the first to be notified when we release a podcast. We release podcasts every Tuesday, so stay tuned for that. If you wouldn't mind uh, sharing this podcast with someone who likes watches, it really would help me out. And if you are feeling generous and wouldn't mind rating this podcast, it really does help me out as well. And it allows me to curate um, the right content for you and for the types of things that you want to hear in a watch podcast. With that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And until next time.